guys so much. Before we get started, uh, we have a couple special guests I'd like to um, for us to do something for. Uh, first off, um, we have uh, Greg and Sherry Stan- Sanders. Um, guys, if you guys would stand up for just a second. Uh, Greg and Sherry are church planters. And uh, yeah, they are, they've come in. It's kind of wild, yeah. We are, we are, we're not only church planting, uh, planting kind of folk, but because uh, we're all maniacs like that, right? <laughs> Amen. And, uh, but uh, one thing we want to do is Greater Than Life Ministries are starting a church in Gardner. And uh, actually, it's so wild because uh, you ran into these guys at work yesterday, right? Like, like just saying, hey, yeah, Friday, Friday. And so um, you guys were looking for sound equipment, that kind of thing. So, and, and then they just pull up right next to you, and you're, they're in church together with us. That's so awesome. But um, here's what I want to do. If you guys would, if anybody wants to go, and I don't know if you guys mind us laying hands on you or anything like that, but um, um, if anybody wants to go and just put a hand on a shoulder and uh, as we pray for uh, Greg and Sherry and the ministry that is going on because we are, we are kingdom-minded not um, uh, we want to see folks truly come to know the Lord and uh, man we just love that so so father we uh, we we lift up Greg and Sherry to you man as this is a a mighty and amazing calling man may they may they seek you and they seek your truth first and foremost and absolutely everything that they do and may you bless them ravenously and and ferociously in the kingdom God, as they start this, this amazing journey of church planting, may you bless greater than life as folks come to know you, not, 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 not in a way, Lord, that they have been taught, but they, they know you the way you are in your word. And we ask these things, Father, in your son's amazing and beautiful name. All God's people said with great enthusiasm, amen, amen. Right on. Thank you, guys. Love to see, love to see people planting churches. It's what we do. We love to see it. I'll never forget the first time I walked into the Shawnee campus after being called to pastor a church. I thought I was going to start a church in my basement. Then I walked into the Shawnee. Somebody said, you need to go, you're you're maniacs, and you need to go find out about these maniacs in New City. And I walked into the uh, service on at Shawnee and just said, uh, I got sent here. Somebody told me I should come here. I feel like planting a church. And it was like, oh, yeah, cool. Come on. Like, oh, you're the third guy today type of thing. So it was kind of kind of fun. So Greg and Sherry, we'll keep you guys lifted up and, and worship with us as long as you like. Um, you know, and Tim, we will do whatever we can to love you and support you and and, and, and even, you know, send people your way. You know, I mean, that's how this, we're just like seriously kingdom minded. Amen. Amen. So, well, you know, uh, as you guys have known, if you've been here the last uh, last few weeks, um, if you haven't, you should be in church. I'm kidding. Um, sort of. Hey, oh, ding. Um, we uh, we have been. Uh, it started on Easter for me, and and it started with as I'm reading the scriptures and teaching the scriptures, I'm starting to realize the uh, the issue and the struggle that I have with Jesus. Now, when you say that, when you hear, when you hear me say that, some people look at me like, "What? Well, you? It, it ain't Jesus. It's me. It's not. It's not his struggle. It's mine. The struggle is that that I have no problem with being with Jesus being the Alpha, the Omega, the name above all names, the all powerful, all seeing, all knowing, absolutely everything. The the one who created all everything that we see, including you and me. I got no problem with that. 
because uh, it's very clear in the, in his in the scriptures that he fulfilled hundreds of prophecies. Did I say that right? Prophecies, prophecies. Yeah, hundreds of prophecies. Somebody corrected my pronunciation. I want to make sure I say it right. But he fulfilled hundreds of prophecies from the Old Testament. Things like he would be born in Bethlehem. Things like his hands and feet would be pierced. That he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Specific, measurable, accountable type of things. Not things like, hey, he's going to be a great guy and he's going to do some good things. Like specific things. And if that wasn't enough, this Jesus rose from the freaking dead. Dude, I'm like... That, that, uh, tap out. You're bigger than me, man, right? I'm, I'm done. But, but the issue that I've got with Jesus, and, and it's my issue, not his, is that even with all that, he wants to be with a knucklehead like me. And a knucklehead like you. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't forget your knucklehead. No fighting. See, this is the issue I've got. And as I'm preaching it, I'm going, Jesus is telling me, the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, this is your problem, bro. This is the thing that's holding you back a little bit. You still, knowing what you've done, knowing where you've been, knowing who you did it with, you still are having trouble accepting the fact that the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, and the name above all names wants to come and have a cheeseburger with you. What? Are you kidding me, Jesus? Me? What? No, no, come on, man. That's just too much. And if that wasn't enough, Revelation 3 is where this all came down. That He said, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone, he had just gotten through judging the last church, says, I'm going to vomit this church out of my mouth because you're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. And he says, however, anyone, who st- I stand at this door and I will knock, and anyone who opens it up, I will come in and eat with that person. And then, man, when I was reading, I was like, that's, That's where it is. Bingo. I knew there was always something. I didn't doubt my salvation. I wasn't doubting the validity of the scriptures. It wasn't anything like that. It's like like knowing what I have done. I go, are you serious, Jesus? Are you kidding me? Is Is that right? And if that wasn't enough, he says, I will eat with that person, and I will put that person on my throne with me. Like, come on, man, that's too much. That's your throne, not mine, right? But that's what he said. And if that's what he said and I believe him, then I've got to just trust in that. I've got to trust everything about him because he wants me and he wants you. Man, I struggle with that. Like, it's like, God, you know what I, you know what I did this morning. You know, wanting to cut somebody out for cutting me off. You know what I'm saying? I mean, those kind of, God, are you kidding me? You still want to be with me knowing all my warts and all, right? See, last week and what we're finding Throughout this, this study of our, this, this series called To the Table, where we are, are bringing people to our tables. By the way, if you want to uh, just have fellowship with anybody in the church, we are having to, we have, have people have volunteered to open their homes on Tuesday night, on Thursday night, on Saturday night, and on Sunday night. And so if you want to put on your Connect card. By the way, you like our new bulletins? The Connect card is attached to it. Put it on your Connect card. And actually like say, I'd like to visit with somebody on Thursday night or Sunday night or Saturday night. Or Tuesday night, put that on there, and then we'll we'll make sure that happens. Because we want people doing what Jesus did, sitting across the table from one another, talking about things that Jesus wants to talk about, right? And so, and so a lot of people see Jesus in all kinds of different ways. And one of the things I love about what's what's happening here is that people are starting to see Jesus the way Jesus 
is in the scriptures. Like we're introducing people to Jesus. Last week, and, and Patrick, hopefully you don't mind me telling you this, I kind of made a joke when you guys came to rekindle, but Patrick is a Catholic, right? And he's getting baptized in a, a non-Catholic church, right? It's like, that's a radical thing to do. Nothing, nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But, but here's the thing, like I went to lunch with Patrick and his fiancee, who's a, who a Jehovah's Witness. And I, and I went to a, a, we went with another couple. She's a Christian and he's an agnostic. Like if we had walked into a bar, it would have been a joke, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, was, it was that kind of a thing. And guess what's going on? They're asking about Jesus. They're asking about baptism. They're asking questions. Not, not like, not trying to accuse or not trying to, think, like, like, and it's amazing to me. Like uh, Rocky, uh, Patrick's fiance, who's Jehovah's Witness, grew up Jehovah's Witness, right? And she said, I have a struggle with Jesus being God. As I've got the opposite struggle. And it was funny because we could actually talk to one another and go, you know, I've got a problem with, or I've got this struggle with Jesus being a guy. Like a guy that I want, he wants to be with me. And she's got a struggle with him being God. And see, together we're starting to learn more about what Jesus, who Jesus really is. Amen. And see, this is the kind of people that are coming into our church. These are the kind of folks that are stepping in saying, I want to know him. I want to know what you're talking about. Because what we've been told Jesus is, is the denominational Jesus, where he wants this, 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 and this from you. Right? And that ain't it either. Or we've, we've told, been told Jesus, oh, Jesus is like a hippie. Man, he'll just sit in a lotus position and burn incense. and He'll just love you no matter what. And that ain't it either. Right? Or he's the radical, angry Jesus that's going to sit there and accuse you. He, I know why he wants to sit down and eat with me, man. He's going to tell me what's up. And that ain't it either. It's all that and more. Like, yes, he loves you. Yes, he's peaceful. Yes, he's, he's the mighty judge as well. He's all that. Right? Amen? But he wants to be with us, man. And that's the thing. It's like he's all that and wants to sit across the table with us and have a pizza. Man, that's just like, that's just so common. And so what we found, and we talked about this throughout the, 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 the last few weeks, but last week, like, for example, we talked about, and you can fill this out on your uh, bulletin or on your app, but last week throughout the Gospels, Jesus does the miraculous and then does the ordinary. Like we talked about it last week, like where, where Jesus is restoring Peter after Peter denied him three times. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Peter's like, I love you, I love you, I love you. And there's all kinds of Greek we can get into. But ultimately what he says, he says, then feed my sheep. Like he gives Peter a responsibility in the kingdom. After what Peter had done, it's amazing. And guys, he's got something for you too. He's called you to something. It may be planting a church, and it may be praying like crazy. Either way, it's an important piece of the kingdom he's called you to do. Amen? We looked at that restoration of Peter last week, and this week we're going to see Jesus making something ordinary into something miraculous. We, we, we know the story or the account. I hate to say the word story in the scriptures because these are not stories with characters. These are genuine accounts of things that happened. These are historical facts with real people who really lived and saw what they said in the scriptures. And so in Matthew 14, we, we look at what the, the feeding of the 5,000. This is the one of only two miracles that are, are outlined in all four of the Gospels, uh, the, the other being the resurrection. And the feeding of the 5,000 was such an impactful thing, it was included in all the, all the Gospels. Different 
little like details in one gospel versus different details in another gospel. And a lot of people look at the different details and they'll say things like, oh, oh, so there's contradictions in the different gospels. So the, the, the different gospels say something different. Complementary is not contradictory. You catch what I'm saying? My wife and I, if you recall, I've told this story to a few people, but my wife and I went to Los Angeles about 15 years ago. Do you remember that freak snowstorm they had in Los Angeles like 15 years ago? It was kind of weird, but it's like, this doesn't happen. And some people were like, I don't remember that. But, but we went out there, and we happened to be out there, and we saw a drive-by shooting. Like it was the craziest thing in the world, right? So this drive-by shooting, the cops were like had everybody sectioned off. They talked to me, and they talked to my wife, and they said, my wife said, hey, said describe the car, describe what happened. And said, well, it was like a, it was a yellow car, it had a vanity plate, but the thing that crazy thing in the world, craziest thing in the world was that these, these big swinging dice in the front, front window, just like distracting. And then that's all I heard was a pop, 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 right? And so he talked to me, he said, what did you see? And I said, well, it was definitely a cab. And when it came near, the license plate said fresh and it had dice in the mirror, right? Different details, complimentary. Amen. Then they put an APB out for Will Smith. <laughs> and they could, they found him because they could, in the snow, they tracked his fresh prints. <laughs> Different details, complimentary. Amen. Matthew 14. Let's look at the scriptures. Enough of your jokes. Just start preaching, preacher man. <laughs> I was too enthusiastic, you know. When Jesus heard what had happened, and what had happened was John the Baptist, the precursor who was identified as the one who was going to come in the spirit of Elijah, came and made the path straight for Jesus and really did clear out some obstacles for Jesus, and it's a wonderful part. In fact, Jesus said, there's no man ever born that's greater than John. I'm like, man, Jesus, you remember, Jesus is not just a man. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, verse 15, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Now, now listen to what they're saying. Now, they know Jesus has done all kinds of miracles. They've watched him do things like turn water into wine and heal the sick and all those kinds of things. Like, this is Jesus that they're walking with. And they're saying, oh, oh, Jesus, there's all these people here. Um, we don't got nothing to feed them. We didn't really, uh, we, didn't, we, we forgot to call the caterer. Sorry about that. Uh, send them out to these villages and towns. Can you imagine sending all these people out? We'll talk about how many but in a few minutes. But all these people going into the different towns and different areas, it would have overwhelmed the, the cities and that kind of thing. Totally inconvenienced the cities. How many of us tend to inconvenience others for the sake of the gospel, right? I mean, think about that. Like, oh, you guys are following Jesus. Yeah, thanks a lot for littering the streets. Right? Like, we've got to be careful when we go out. Amen? We've got to be. We've got to be. And so what did he do? Jesus replied, and he said something crazy. They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they're all like, uh, uh, what you got, Peter? What you got? Man, you got anything? They looked around this, this 
another scriptures, another gospel says that a boy comes up with his lunch, if you will. It says, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. Five loaves of bread and two fish. Bring them here to me, he said, and directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Jesus took the normal and made the miraculous. Wow. They all ate and were satisfied. Nobody was left out. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. I've heard estimates as high as 20,000 total people sitting there. Can you imagine? Five baskets and two fish. See, here's the thing. Jesus doesn't need a zero-sum game to make things happen for him. He doesn't need to look at that and go, man, we're, we're, I don't know how these people, I don't know what these people are going to do. Can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine what Jesus would be like if we actually approached him the way that, the way that we approach our, our health and our energy and our time and our money? I mean, he would look at us like, man, dude, I don't know how you're going to pay your bills. But we wouldn't expect Jesus to do that, would we? Man, I don't know how you're going to have enough energy or time to do that. Man, I don't know how you're going to fit all that into the day. I know you, I, yeah, I know, I know. But there's only 24 hours in a day, bro. I have watched in my life, and you guys are going to think I'm crazy. Well, you already do. Amen. What? Are you, what? Come on, man. I have watched Jesus expand my time. He does. Like there's no possible way. I know what I've got to get done. Jesus, you called me to get these things done. And yet there's no possible way that I could get it done in that, that time frame by the time I need to have it done. And yet, for whatever reason, Jesus allows it to happen. With time to spare. I've watched it over and over in school. Even before I knew Jesus, like I look back on things like that. Like, okay, wow. Like in ministry especially. Like Greg and Sherry, man, you know, you, you're about to experience this, right? Like starting this church, you're going to go, no way. No way, God. But yet he'll expand the time and say, yeah, I got you. I'm not bound by anything. Can you imagine? I mean, looking at Jesus, Jesus how am I going to pay my bills? He goes, I don't know. You only got $12. <laughs> really? This is Jesus we're talking about, right? Give it to him. Give it to him. See, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, he said, all right, 20,000 men, women, children, service is over later on, right? After he had dismissed them, he went up to a mountainside by himself to pray, which he did often. <clears throat> later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because of the wind against it. Shortly before dawn, now they had been there all night, right? Shortly before dawn, uh, went out to, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Now that would freak anybody out, right? Like if you saw this, man, like it's dark. It's just, just before dawn. They're just a little, dude, 
Who's that? Co- what? Man, I'd be peeing in my pants right there. You know, seriously. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified as we all would be. It's a ghost, they said. They cried out in fear. But Jesus, Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. The only time we are afraid is we are dependent on ourselves. See, I've got a uh, buddy of mine here. You guys know him, Billy Foster. He got baptized last week. He's in Paola today. And he was going to go to this biker rally. He had been planning it for a long time and, and that kind of thing. And he's, he's going down there now specifically to evangelize, to actually bring people to the, to the kingdom. Man, it's an amazing thing. Like, like, pray for Billy today as you talk about it. Because I talked to him this morning. He goes, man, I'm kind of nervous. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know, what, 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 you know, how do I get people? How do I? I said, dude, listen, here's the thing. And here's the thing I've got to remember all the time is that it ain't on me. Like the Holy Spirit, God is going to take the responsibility for these people. He'll bring to you who he wants. His sheep will hear his voice. Right? That, that we can't make that happen. The only thing we can do is be obedient and do what he says for us to do. Walk with him and let him give you his words. Amen? Pray for Billy in that. But the ultimate, the, the, the knee-jerk reaction for us is fear. And that's why over and over and over and over in the scriptures, 365 specific times, for some, for in whatever form you want, take courage, don't be afraid, I'm with you, whatever it is. Like That is a lot. It's the most frequently commanded scripture of all the scriptures. Do not be afraid. But why? It's natural, right? But Jesus is the one who puts the supernatural in us. We don't have to be. We're fighters. We're warriors for the Lord. And it's a wonderful, beautiful, honest, honestly, and a, a great responsibility and a blessed burden. But it's, it's we win. Oh, man. We would live our lives totally differently if we looked at that that way all the time. No matter what I do, I win. Wow. Because of Jesus, not because of me. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Peter's weird, man. Peter's just weird. And I'm just like him. I just seriously, I don't think sometimes. I don't you know, just Y'all said I I said amen. When I said I was weird, I hurt my feelings. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. And I bet the other disciples were, dang, look at that dude, right? Look at that. But when he saw the wind, he was what? Man, I think Jesus sometimes is like for us. He's like, McFly, come on. I just told you. Don't be afraid. And and Peter's like, ah. Beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And this is, this verse right here, verse 32, I think it's forgotten a lot of times. But I think it's one of the most profound scriptures in this whole thing. We think walking on the water is awesome, and it is. 
And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Jesus was with them in the boat. He got back in there, right? He did something normal that the other guys did. He could have sat there and levitated the boat, put it on shore, and go, I'm God. Bow before me, which they did. He wanted to be with them, right? See a theme here? All the time. From Genesis to Revelation, the Lord is with us. In the tent of meeting in Old Testament, in the Ark of the Covenant, and in the flesh in the New Testament. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over, they landed at Gesenaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. Oh, man. As how are we living our lives, honestly? Like, if we're going to be honest about this and just straightforward, you and, you and Jesus, figure this out. We will help you. Because I don't want anybody walking and talking and living their lives and doing the different things without that victory inside them. And he is victory. And he is everything. And he ain't bound by anything we can put, put shackles on him on. He's got this. Amen? Man, we're, are we bound by health? Are we bound by money? Are we bound by energy? Are we bound by time? Give it to him. Let him see what he can do with it. Because I'll tell you this. I know a lot of people that don't, and I always ask, how's that working for you? Knowing you've got a limited time, knowing you've got limited resources, knowing you've got limited health, knowing you've got limited everything, and you're still trying to do it in your own strength, how's that working for you? Give it to Jesus, and he's got it. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you for having, giving us such a wonderful second service for the day. Lord, you are, you are stunningly and awesomely amazing. And it's, Father, forgive us for putting you limitations on you. But also forgive us, Lord, for only seeing you as the Alpha, the Omega, the name above all names, but also as our friend and our Savior as well as our Lord. Forgive us for not seeing that, that you want to be with us. Forgive us. And if I'm the only one, forgive me for only seeing you in one way when you want to be with us too. It is in your son's amazing and awesome name that we pray. Everybody in the house said it.